This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to this Four Faith in the episode's description. Today, we're joined by our special guest, Bishop Andy Doyle from the Diocese of Texas. Welcome, Bishop Doyle. Hi, it's great to be with you all. Good to be with you. Bishop Wright, in this week's devotion, you reflected upon Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, otherwise known as Magnificat, or as you so eloquently dubbed it, Mary's song slash poem slash rap. And as we're barreling our way toward Christmas, I'm wondering how this song, poem, rap is hitting you today. Uh well, first of all, I'm, I'm so glad to, uh, that, uh, to welcome Bishop Doyle from the Diocese of Texas uh, and, and for this conversation. Yeah, Mar- Mary's, a, Mary's a woman of faith for all seasons. Uh, she's the embodiment of girl power. Uh, I, you know, we don't know what to do with her. Some people just want to talk about her virginity. Uh, I want to talk about her faith. And, and I think Mary's song, just like a lot of our Christmas songs, uh, sort of punctuate the season, help us go deeper in the season, help us to find the meaning of the season. And, you know, what I like about Mary is, is that sort of Mary's not all sort of flashing lights and tinsel and uh, Christmas tree stars. Mary is a woman of real uh, consequential faith. Because of her faith, everything changes. She says yes to Gabriel and says yes to God. And so uh, that yes to God is something that we need to echo uh, now in the season that we find ourselves in, uh, in this country and in, and in the world, perhaps more than ever. So uh, I, I think Mary's got a lot, to, uh, a lot to say to us right now. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking about how uh, not unlike Hannah, for instance, in 1 Samuel, you know, she is echoing this sense that she's a part of uh, uh, God's narrative. Uh, and that God's narrative has blessed her and that has invited her uh, to participate. And as uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes from prison, he says that it's the most passionate, wildest, most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. I mean, whether we sing it in Advent or, or all year round, if you do the daily office, for instance, it's a, it's a powerful hymn that uh, reminds us of God's continual and daily invitation to be part of uh, this new citizenry, if you will, of the reign of God. Yeah, you know, what people forget is, is that, you know, the Magnificat, Mary's song, rap poem, was actually outlawed in lots of countries because Mary wants to magnify the toppling nature of God. She, she, she affirms the promise-keeping aspect of God. She affirms uh, that God sits high and looks low, and God uh, invites us into partnership. She affirms all of that, but then there's this dangerous part, which I like, you know, sort of in the Bonhoeffer quote you gave, the wild part, right? And that is, is that God is a toppling God, uh, that, that God that God is biased towards the poor and those on the fringes, and that God is doing something about that. So, you know, if, if we're not careful, we'll just sort of hum you know, the hymn, but not actually, you know, hear what Mary wants to reveal to us about the personality of God. Well, I'm curious then, uh, Bishop Doyle, kind of along the lines of what Bishop Wright was just speaking about, the Magnificat and the toppling way of God and what's going on 
in your diocese in a, in a very, you, you've written a number of books, by the way, I, I Googled you uh, <laughs> to look at all of them. And the one with the tattoo is pretty awesome. I just have to say, but, <laughs> but I do, I want to, I want to highlight your book. It's called Citizen and your tagline is faithful discipleship in a partisan world. And I'm curious how you're doing life in Texas at this point in time, heading into Christmas with with some of the things that uh, Bishop Wright just highlighted. Any thoughts on that? I think it's, I told Rob and I have talked about this off and on for a while. I, you know, my sense is that the church has done really well at uh, making good Americans who uh, happen to be uh, Christians or Episcopalians on any given day. We haven't done a particularly good job of making Christians and Episcopalians who happen to be Americans. And I think that's a very different thing. And it's, but it's woven, I think this is woven into not just our moment, because our, our moment comes to us in this, just this trial of COVID, political um, uh, uh, infighting and political fighting between, I mean, it's like, every, it's just, just a giant mess. I mean, even the partisans politics uh, itself and on either side is a mess. And then you end up with uh, our, our, uh, the murders uh, this uh, spring, which had come in a long line of murders that have brought out uh, 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 protests and more uh, violence from uh, those who would like to keep people quiet. And so, you know, we've been dealing with these issues of race. I, I just find it probably the most difficult leadership moment. Um, and as you were saying, you know, here we're, we're entering into Advent. We're entering into Christmas tide. We're at the tail end of Advent here. Uh, but the message just keeps keeps inviting us to see God's present uh, in the middle of this giant mess that we're in, and I, I've I've struggled with that. I think uh, my people have struggled with that. It's it's hard. Um, it's hard to see that God is present and doesn't abandon us. But that's exactly Mary's message. Yeah, yeah. You, you know that 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 right there. I mean, I just want to underscore that and, and circle that and punctuate that. You know that that God doesn't abandon us. And the truth of the matter is, is that the Scripture says that God does some of God's best work in in a mess, and as we we might say in Georgia, in a hot mess. <laughs> and so while while we're enduring it, and and while we're sort of off balance and and, and disoriented by the mess. The truth of the matter is, is that you know this is exactly the season that God does God's thing you know, in, in dramatic ways. And so when we look at the Christmas story, I mean, you know, Joseph is in, in, in a mess, uh, you know, to say, you know, his own personal mess of his heart about he's latched onto this woman and God knows where this thing is going. Mary's latched onto a hot mess. She's trying to trust God in all of this. They can't even find basic provisions. I mean, it, it's not a neat and tidy thing. And so it's, it's interesting how we try to wrestle God into some sort of manicured English garden God. When God, when God is actually a wild vine, um, and and it's just in, in, you know, and we have to struggle with that internally because we want the manicured garden, and 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 God is saying, nah, you know, that's not really who I am. I'm I'm this <laughs> other thing, but it's okay. Yeah, that, that, biblical, that biblical passage, right? I will tear down your garden. Yeah, let the the wild vines grow. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit because you're talking about. I'm, I hear comfort in garden. I hear order in a garden. And obviously this year <laughs> is completely disordered. And so we find, we find comfort in tradition. 
And our tradition, many of us are going to be celebrating Christmas in ways that we never would have imagined because we like our traditions just so. And so I'm wondering what advice you might have for people who might be celebrating Christmas a lot differently than they have in the past. I'll let Bishop Dole have a swing at that first. Well, I was just thinking about how um, in uh, – it's how different it's just going to be so very different. Right. I mean, um, people are, are talking about how, um, they can't be with friends. You know, we're not, we were, we were with friends last night talking, uh, sitting across from a big fire outside and safely distance everything. But we were talking about how all the Christmas parties, no Christmas parties. There's no, you know, so there are all of these kind of comfort, comforting, uh, normal things that happen. Uh, we're missing and, 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 uh, and yet, you know, that, that God is in the middle of that God, uh, uh, Christians worship God in the catacombs while they were being uh, killed. Uh, um, I was thinking about, uh, World War One and soldiers singing in a bleak, uh, in the bleak midwinter, uh, uh, which is actually a hopeful, hopeful song about home and being home and, and God's presence, even in the hardest of times. And, um, you know, people, God, you know, God is there and, um, and all of the mess of it all. Mm-hmm. So I, I think about, I mean, I, I want to underscore that, but I want to also remember, you know, that tradition means, you know, the, so the communication of beliefs and customs from one generation to the other. Right. And so, so the traditions, uh, uh that we have set up for ourselves, uh, in, in many, in, in many ways, um, don't release the power uh, of of the gospel to us reliably, right? And, and, and in some ways, they sort of they sort of uh, cover it over. They put a pall over it. So, if you really want to talk about the, the the tradition and the transference of culture and belief authentically, then you're talking about how to believe in the in the face of hardship, right? Because that we're we're actually here, you and I, having this conversation about Jesus Christ and about faith because of the hardship that people endured. Right. Not not because of the smooth status quo that they sort of put over things. And so and so the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, um, you know, know, maybe maybe COVID. I mean, this is hard to say, but maybe nevertheless true. uh, COVID may release for us in the church uh, a, a getting down to the power of our tradition, which is how to hold on to God when everything is falling apart. Right. I mean, that's that's that that's the opportunity here, and so I'm, I'm you know, I'm I think that uh, my hope is is that we won't hunker down as much as we will we'll actually find that live third rail again. Well, it's like it's like saying we we don't light candles on a wreath because of Advent, right? Right. <laughs> right. We light candles on a wreath because it's dark outside, and we need light, you know, or we're in the wilderness and we need light, you know the just that image of, of uh, the bleakness of the moment and the hour uh, to remember. That's that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. We haven't, we haven't done – I'm going to be honest with you. We had to do a Christmas – you know, we're doing a Christmas video for the diocese. Merry Christmas, everybody. So <laughs> we don't have any Christmas stuff up at our house. Yeah. Because normally we would have put it up Thanksgiving weekend because we'd have a party the next weekend for clergy, right? So – uh, so what I did was because there's no, nothing Christmassy for the video. I went and got, uh, the family nativity scene out, which was Joe's 
families. Now, like that's, I, I pause for that. I love that. I, you know, <laughs> Bishop Bright, when you, when you said what you said just now, I just thought, okay, it's, we're done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's so it, in fact, okay. So many people know that my husband is a priest and so he serves as a rector um, at our church and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus and, and it's all fine now, but someone reached out and was concerned that there would be quote, no Christmas this year because we're not, we're not meeting in person. And it was such a, an interesting take. And so for many, for many lay people, if the tradition is threatened, well, then it means it must not be, it, it, it's canceled. And I'm, you know, I know, I know how we responded to that, but how would you respond to the masses who believe that if the tradition is shaken, what we might be invi- being invited into? Well, I mean, this is this is the this is the dilemma for us, right? You know, as people who are uh, you know who are flesh and blood, and, and who who use material things uh, to help us to worship and to and to give meaning, it's easy to be seduced into the trappings, right? But the tradition is how have people for at least 6,000 years, according to our book, you know, believed God when everything was falling apart? That's the tradition, right? And so, and so the way things are organized for us right now or disorganized for us right now actually may have, you know, uh, be more effective in bringing us closer to God than, than our sort of manicured expressions. And so I, I, but, but, you know, I don't ever get uh, too snarky with people because what I realize is, is, is that, you know, we have done this, right? We have, we have preferred the smooth and the status quo over this other thing. And of course we get that. And and so we have commended the Advent wreath, like, like Bishop Doyle has said, without talking about the light and the darkness and what that really means for us. And so, and so again, this is a hard reset for us in the church. And, and, and that's, that's what I, that's, what's causing me, me to hope that this hard reset is going to shake some people up. And, you know, and so, you know, I want to be as gentle as I can, but I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Right. I don't want to sugarcoat that. This is an opportunity. This is hard as hell. 300,000 Americans dead and more globally. This is, this is one hell of a nightmare. And we're not done. And we're not done. And 2021 is not going to be magic, right? It, we're, we're not done, but yet uh, there's still God. I mean, that is the Christian message. Friday is real. Saturday is, is just a soul-sucking silence. But on uh, Easter Sunday, there's an hallelujah to come. So, it, and, and that's our rhythm. And so that's the best tradition we have to offer people. And, and anything short of that is, is, is sort of um, a religious placebo. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about, you know, Moses, uh, uh, as he preaches to the Israelites entering into the promised land, talks about, you know, it's the, the, you, you found God in the wilderness, living in the promised land is the hard part. Uh, and you're going to have to work to, to find God there. And uh, I was sharing before the recording that uh, I was reading a, a post from a nurse uh, this morning talking about how uh, you know, the, the vaccine's coming and it's, it's hopeful, but it doesn't bring hope for the, for the uh, people in her, uh, her ER this morning or tomorrow or the next day. And, you know, just the burden of that. And, and I think what, what this remind what, what you're talking about just reminds me that we bear Christ like Mary in that wildness and passionate 
way into the world, no matter where we are, that nurses bearing Christ to those patients, doctors bear uh, Christ to, to their patients, you know, that people in the midst of all of this, uh, no matter where we are, no matter what kind of untraditional way we gather, uh, no matter how many Christmas lights we put up or don't put up and all of those kinds of things that God is present every day in the middle of this. Um, and that's the powerful that's the powerful message that we could reclaim so that it's not just about Christmas, but it's about January 1 and January 2 and January 3 and so on. Right. That uh, this is a, an awakening for uh, Christians and, and people in the church and um uh, for uh, and we're being given an opportunity to rediscover God. You, you know, you know what's um, what that reminds me of is is that you know, and uh, Andy has said it in, a, in another place that, that Mary's in, in in some way uh, the first citizen of this new reign of God, right? And you you think about Mary doesn't get uh, her due as a theologian, right? So it's 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 uh, Jesus echoes Mary's words to Gabriel when he's in the garden of Gethsemane, right? I mean, it, which is about, you know, it's not about me. It's about God. How can I magnify God in this moment? And, and, and that's the January one message, right? So as much as we, we are not going to have our sort of manicured Christmas and, and, and as much as we're going to be exposed to sort of some wilder version of Christmas, you know, there's the January one question. So now how will you live, right? Will you live, you know, I like I like what Will what Will Willimon says is that you know there's a there's a, a weirdly un-American sort of invitation here, and that is is that you know my life is not my own. I mean, Mary models that as good uh, or, or better than anybody else, which is you know not my will but Thy will you know be done. Jesus says later, but 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 Mary recognizes that she's the handmaid of God, and that you know she she wants to serve. You know, how can I serve? And so there, there is this wonderful other-centeredness in Mary that later comes up in Jesus's ministry, and I think that is an invitation to us right now. If Christmas is real for us, you know, if this gift is is real for us and it's overwhelming us, then at some point that gift becomes so thoroughly penetrating to us that we respond with uh, getting out of the center of our life. Mm. And that's the January 1 message, right? So how can I do 2021 uh, as not the center of the universe, right? <laughs> how can how can I put God in the center of my universe? Mary does that. Well, it's like God says from the mountaintop to the, I mean, she's echoing the people's response to God when God invites the people of Israel to be part of God's narrative and, you know, and says, will you be my people uh, and, and thy will be done? I mean, it's, it's literally, par- uh, she's paraphrasing that commitment to be God's people. Uh, in this moment, in this hour, and whatever, no matter what comes to her, she's going to be that faithful person. Yeah. You know, let's talk about Mary a little bit because there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of uh, twittering and whatnot, uh, wondering about Mary's age or Joseph's age or Joseph's uh, widow or widower <laughs> status. And, you know, does that, I'm just curious what your thoughts are about how relevant that conversation is to this grander conversation we're having. Well, I, I feel as though we have a long way to go within the, the kind of male hegemony to uh, rehear our scriptural uh, stories um, in a way that, that help us. And I think sometimes 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I love uh, a scholastic academic thinking and all that, and I can get into counting angels on a on a a pen just about as as anybody else who likes the, the the jousting of theological conversation. But sometimes I think trying to figure out age and all that business, which isn't really part of the story, uh, this begins to dismiss Mary uh, or to remove Mary's power in some way to really speak to us. Um, uh, it, uh, it, and it's to project back some of our, uh, our own ideas today uh, about uh, placing Mary in a purely spiritual place or to demythologize Mary for our own comfort. And I think the power of what we've been talking about is letting Mary speak for Mary's self, uh, you know, and, and having a hermeneutic, uh, a way of reading the scripture that invites us into mission, uh, God's mission first. Um, um, all of that contextual stuff's good, uh, but it all has to serve the overarching message of the scripture. Um, so I don't know, Rob, what do you, what do you think when, when, when people kind of go down those rabbit trails? I, you know, I'm happy to go, I'm happy to go down any rabbit trail as long as there's a rabbit at the end of it. And, and, by, and, and, and by that, I mean, um, how will this discussion heighten devotion? Mm. How will this discussion make me, uh, 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 how will, how will it compel me to, to try to be more of a disciple of Jesus Christ after the rabbit trail than I was at the beginning of the rabbit trail. So, so I, I worry about, I worry about some of the questions we, we, we dither with and some of the conversation we dither with, because I, I think that it, you know, it doesn't have any power. And so I, I think what, what people need, I, I mean, I, I guess I think about it like this. There are people in the world, uh, you know, in high and low places who are catching hell right now. How is this conversation going to be a strength to anybody? Uh, you know, I think about the charge that that we as baptized people and, and especially we as people who are ordained have taken up. And that is, to, uh, you know, we, we're supposed to sustain the weary with the word. And so, you know, how will my word sustain the weary? Right. So I can get into all kinds of, you know, what did Mary wear? How did Mary wear her hair? You know, where did Mary, Mary vacation? All that, you know, all, all that is at some level, you know, I suppose interesting. But, well, you know. I'm more interested in the yeses she said with her life. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, it's interesting you say, it just makes me think, you know, there's that's the story of Mary as proposed in Luke, right? It's, there's like two parts. There's yeah. the yes part. That's a private conversation. The part we've been spending most of our time on, she's gone to her friend to tell her the good news. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so the proclamation that she makes and the song of Mary, the rap of Mary, you know, that, that actually takes place with her friend. Uh, and, and, and so, yeah, just like you say, you know, we can kind of get caught up in lots of other things, but there's a whole movement here that's happening from the, 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 the vertical relationship uh, to the horizontal. Um, and again, you know, uh, we can all come as our individuals and even as our families to the worn tradition, or we can miss the tradition of going to church on Christmas. See the question, but it's always meant to be, uh, horizontal. So you can capture the vertical and tradition, but the tradition itself is meant to go out. 
you know, and, 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 you know, we're going to talk about Mary and we should, we, we have to, I mean, you're, we have to talk about Elizabeth too, right? I mean, we, we have to talk about this, this, this intergenerational conversation about God that they have at Elizabeth's doorway. Right. And I, you know, I can just sort of imagine them, you know, greeting each other, bellies, maybe bumping uh, as they hug each other. And, and, you know, so Christmas really begins, as you said, in a, in a sort of a, a, a horizontal way in that each one in their own way being able to tell how God is good. And I, I think I think, you know, for those of us who talk talk like with words like uh, hermeneutic and theology, words that I use and I like, uh, we've we got to get down to what Mary does get down to. And that is how has God saved your life? Mm. Well, here's my hermeneutic. <laughs> Ready? God is good all the time. <laughs> God, God, God is good all the time. That's right. All the time. God is good. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you both so much for this great conversation. Thank you, Bishop Doyle, for joining us. And thank you, listeners, to listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 